Good morning and welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Skeptical Podcast. I'm Nathan and joining me today is Craig. Hello. And Susie. Hello. And our live studio audience. Hello. Yay. Meow. The the non-human portion of our live studio audience outnumbers the human proportion at the moment. Anyway. So, uh, we have some feedback um, about our last episode. Uh, we talked about Mark Hanna and Gold um, doing their research and reporting on the ACC. And <coughs> Mark Hanna replied to our post um, on Facebook. He says, thanks for sharing some of the stuff I've been doing. I've actually found a bit more info on ACC spending on acupuncture since writing that too. So there's a graph. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll put a, a link to the a link to the website and you can go and have a look. Yeah, so we've got a reported amount of spending, a projected amount of spending, and uh, gosh, it's a lot more. And the document that uh, he quoted in his article um, where... There was a description of acupuncture, which sounded like it was written by a completely lunatic acupuncturist. Um, in your opinion. In my, in my opinion. Um, is apparently the closest thing the ACC has to a measure of acupuncture's effectiveness. And he quotes here um, from somewhere. I don't know. With respect for... With respect to processes and requirements for measuring effectiveness, treatment profiles have been developed for 150 common injury types. Treatment profiles are guides to the treatment and rehabilitation services. ACC expects a practitioner to provide for a client, to a client for a particular industry. They describe current good practice and what outcomes should be achieved. Um, so that's another article uh, which we will post a link to if you want to have a look at it. Summary of so someone yeah so someone's written in to what pro to ask what processes and requirements are used to measure the effectiveness and that was their reply. Okay, we'll keep an eye on that and we'll um we'll totally follow that up some more. <laughs> <laughs> Making commitments like you just don't care basically. <laughs> um, so it wasn't feedback per se, but I got this completely mental probably shouldn't say mental really really weird facebook message i was just happened to be checking my other folder just to see what would come in i have a message from a facebook user called elusive particle hello yeah. comma this information is very important i'm begging of you to please take a moment in your life to read this and if you would please share it with as many people as you can as soon as possible well waters are not safe one small glass of well water contains the fluoride equivalent of one pea-sized dab of fluoridate, fluoridated toothpaste. Well, and water is where? Yes, oh. that could well be true, depending upon where you are in the world. I'm not going to try and answer any of your questions. We've got this is about three pages of. Oh, don't read us. I'm not going to read the whole damn thing. Um, he's going to exp it is going to explain why fluoride is so dangerous. But first, I'd like to point out that we're the only life on this planet to dig deep holes in the ground to obtain water to drink, <laughs> and we effectively increase well, our exposure to fluoride yeah. by fifty thousand percent. Information is listed below. I would think that, that, that um, so people who are weird. drilling wells would actually get the water tested to make sure that it's actually safe to drink. Well, apparently they don't, because this guy knows better. Right. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sceptical of that. Nuts. 
absolutely <laughs> yeah. nuts. Anyway, so I might post that up somewhere just in case anyone does actually want to read it. Um, but isn't it natural? Oh, it's totally natural. What, fluoride? Natural fluoride. Yeah. It's got to be good for you. Hmm, exactly. So, uh, notice board. Uh, we're going to keep mentioning this until everyone's booked a ticket. <laughs> 5th to the 7th of December uh, is the New Zealand Skeptics Conference, and we have the guest speakers are the Skeptics Guide to the Universe and George Rabb. Yes. Are we announcing any other speakers? I could Susie? announce one if you like. Who Susie's said got some would. more speakers. We're going to release a few at a time just to tease everybody. <laughs> well, actually, no. We Who are else? going to put them all up so people actually know. But, okay. Yep. Uh, just confirmed yesterday, day before, um, is Michelle Dickinson. Ah, very Nano cool. Nano Girl. Oh, yay. Yeah. Oh, good. Who we will hoping also to be. Get. Nathan. Shut up. Who will also be bringing some nanotechnology. Ooh. <gasps> Very cool. So it should be fun. Awesome. She's great. She's excellent speaker. And as part of that, we are also having the SGU private recording on the Saturday night. And you could go to Event Finder and try to buy tickets, but you wouldn't be able to buy them because they're all sold out. In which case, I don't know why you're raising it. Yeah, why mention it? Mm. Just make everyone who didn't say, get a ticket jealous. Just to say that, yeah, we have Too sold late. tickets. Um, Too late. The Wellington... Event is that still available? Yes, they can yes, bid you can, for that. Is you it a can bid for a um, a dinner, dinner for a VIP dinner with the, with SGU, the SGU limited to twelve people. So the top bids get in. And yeah. If there's a tie, it goes on the first bid. Is that how we're doing it? No idea. Something like that. Probably goes alphabetically. Anyway, moving right. on. Right, by first name, right, Craig? Sure, <laughs> I won't be there. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so that's the notice board. Nothing else coming up. No interesting events. Susie, you're the one who usually knows about them. I'm doing lots of interesting things, but none of them are in New Zealand. Sorry. Oh, all right, so. fair enough. Right. I'm sure there's people that listen to our podcast that aren't in New Zealand. You could tell them all about it. <laughs> I'm heading off to Convergence oh. and Skeptic Con cool. um, in a few weeks' time. Doing and some bioluminescent yep, stuff. Yep, do some bioluminescent nice. stuff. And yeah, should be So awesome. if you're at Convergent, keep an eye out for Susie and the Skeptics. <laughs> should be fun. News. First news item is the Turing test. Did you guys hear that a uh, supercomputer beat the Turing test? <laughs> well, <clears throat> well, no, apparently not. Um, there was well, a. Firstly, uh, is it Turing or Turing? Turing. Turing. I don't know. I would I think Turing. It's Turing. Um, named after so Alan the Turing, Turing test is named after Alan Turing, and he said basically, if a computer program can be mistaken for a human more than thirty percent of the time during a series of five-minute keyboard conversations, it could be considered artificially intelligent. Um, I imagine a lot of artificial intelligence people have issues with that. Um, so an art uh, a news item came up um, last week or the week well, before. Well, this basically ran in pretty much every newspaper, and right? Yeah. Everyone was saying, ah, computer beat the Turing test, woohoo! And then the next day, this um, article was posted, which basically said, no, actually didn't. And everyone should know better. So, and then it sort of died away after that, for whatever reason. So, almost everything about the story is bogus. Number one, it's not a supercomputer, it's a chatbot. It's a script made to mimic human conversation. There's no intelligence, artificial or not, involved. It's just a chatbot. Plenty of other chatbots, number two, have similarly claimed to have passed the Turing test in the past, often with higher ratings. Um, Cleverbot, which um, is reasonably popular on the internet, apparently passed the Turing test by convincing 59% of judges it was human. Hmm. Um, 
number but three. The whole, but the whole point of this is that to to for a test of artificial intelligence, and this is not really artificial intelligence, is it? No. So, but the point is, I think. Well, I don't know if that's the point, but if a program can convince a human that it is a human, is that by definition artificial intelligence? Is it intelligent? No, um, it's trickery. Sure. <laughs> well, that's number three. It beat the Turing test by gaming the rules, i.e. by telling the people that the computer was a 13-year-old boy from Ukraine so that they would explain away weird responses as yeah. possibly someone who doesn't speak English and is a 13-year-old boy and can't talk on the internet anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> and apparently the original test was quite different and you don't get to run a single test with judges that you picked and declare that you accomplished something. That's not how it's done. And the whole like, concept of the Turing test itself is a bit of a joke. Um, creating a chatbot that can fool humans is not really the same thing as creating artificial intelligence, which was what your point was, Craig. Mm, yeah. um, for it to be artificially intelligent, I think we need slightly higher criteria than just looking like human yeah. you'd have to say well this thing is actually thinking or it's mimicking human thought processes or something yeah. like that the chatbot's pretty impressive though oh, in, yeah, in terms of sure. what they can do absolutely when, this, when they have um, companies that actually use them for um, legitimate purposes they right. are pretty impressive as to uh, what they can actually <clears throat> the way they can actually understand what you're in a limited domain mm. what you're actually asking about and for uh, sure um, Cleverbot so was, what quite, is was a, quite fun to, what is a Proper use for them. Well, say you you might have a uh, say you might be an insurance company and you want to be able to have somebody on the phone. Say I have a problem with my policy. Yeah, and it'll yeah, put them through to the right right department. Oh. Like when you ring up the IRD and the IRD says, "Do you have your IRD number?" and you have to say yes. Only a little bit more complicated than okay. that. Mm. Okay. And hopefully less annoying because <laughs> wouldn't you just push a button? And then go to the right department. Isn't that easier? Well, anyway. well, there, there are chatbots though that can actually satisfy some limited sort of informational type sure. queries. That oh, can... I could tell you what you want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, cool. Um, so, I, from my perspective, I think it's quite impressive technology, but it's not artificial <laughs> intelligence. This um, XKCD cartoon at the bottom of the of the article here. Turing test extra credit. Convince the examiner that he's a computer. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. Excuse me for the win. Next article is World Cup Fever. What's World Cup Fever? Anyway, <laughs> well, apparently it's gripping some of the worlds. I must be talking more psychic. You know there is a World Cup on. It's, What's a World Cup? Well, so there's a football. Oh, it's a sports sports thing, thing going on. on at the moment in Brazil. Suddenly, I don't care and, anymore. And um, the first big upset was this morning when the Netherlands beat Spain five one. Wow. Care even less than I did when you started explaining mm. it. What's I the well, well, so, so Spain well, is Spain is a, like a up there soccer football country, isn't it? Yes. And the Netherlands, Netherlands, well, the Netherlands are, are not very good. Craig he knows what it's about. <laughs> but, okay, how about the, will this make you feel better? <laughs> okay. Australia have been beaten by Chile. I gain some small measure of satisfaction okay. knowing right. that Australia has been beaten. The reason I raised but this. But that's not, un, that's not unexpected, is it? No, but it just, you know, as we do that, give you Australians are not. Well Except our Australian listeners who we love, really. <laughs> anyway, the reason I bring it up, because with, with every event like this, there is always, you know, a psychic animal who's <clears throat> predicting 
Do you yes, remember the octopus? Not, I do remember an octopus. I don't yeah. know what it was for. Was it a rugby thing? I think there was possibly another world, or another um, football thing. But oh, anyway, okay. there was an octopus. Um, there's a lot so of superstition in sports. There's a, but there's a, there's a number of animals. So the UK has got um, a bulldog who... Uh, so Okay, so oh the God, way these, these animals work is they're given a choice of foods. Uh, uh, from di- well, given the same food choice from different bowls, one of which will have the flag of mm-hmm. one country, one of yep. which has the flag of the other, and then one that says draw. Right. And so this is kind of done for every match. Are the flags in colour? Because it looks like they're in colour in the picture. Uh, yeah, they will be, I imagine. Right. Dog, anyway, dogs, dogs don't so, see colour. <laughs> so the UK has got a bulldog that's claiming that England will win their um, their first match, well, which is that's happening convenient, isn't it? Today against Italy. Um, who else have we got? We've got a turtle, a big head, the turtle. Um, and we've got a kangaroo from Australian Zoo, originally called Flopsy, but now renamed Predictoroo. Oh, God. Um, who, uh, who, yes, so anyway. Those anyway, are both, just for the record, those are both terrible, terrible names <laughs> for a kangaroo. How about Sicko the Psychic Guinea Pig? I like that. I like that. That is a good name. So how do they select these animals? I have no idea. Anyway, so there are loads of them. There are loads of them. Wow. Um, oh, Paul. It was Paul the octopus in Germany, and apparently he's already passed away. But anyway, we've got um, <laughs> a sea lion called Tick from Bangkok Zoo. There's there's like all tons of them. But... Oh, this is the question I was about to ask, is it? Go well, on. Well, I, I wonder whether... So we have all these psychic animals... But would you have thought that Stephen Hawking would get involved in these sorts of predictions? Only because I just saw that in the article. <laughs> and I was about to say, "Hang on, what the fuck?" I'm not sure whether this is a piss take or not. But according I, to the Guardian, I, I'm not sure if it's like highly insulting that he's been lumped in with a whole bunch of of mindless animals. Well, <laughs> they hoping that he'll... Okay, so how about well, the story is yeah. you could get a, psy- a psychic animal, psychic in yeah, yeah. those things. Uh, to choose from a bowl of thing, or you could go to somebody and say, "Could you make some predictions based on previous performance?" Right. So, um, so he's worked out a formula. Well, so but it's just uh, he was approached by a um, betting company. Ah. Basically, said, "Could you have a look at England's previous performance and then say what they should basically be doing to win?" Okay. And bizarrely, he said, "Okay." It's kind of uh, so. I don't think he's known as being a football fan, but anyway, he um, he has he's gone back. Either he or some of his students have gone back and looked at um, all the World Cup matches they've played, and also um, all the penalty shootouts, and basically said that they've got a that a five degree rise in temperature. Um, reduces England's chances of winning by 59%. Wow. So if they play in warmer places, they're less likely to win. Um, he reckons... Is that against anybody or just who they're playing who now? Who the hell would know? All right. Anyway, he's looked at their formation and said that they should play a 4-3-3 rather than a 4-4-2, whatever that means. Um, yeah. And if they if they kick off um, in at the... Uh, 
in the afternoon if they're playing in the afternoon then they're much more likely to win <laughs> anyway so this was uh it was just kind of bizarre that stephen hawking will get involved with the betting company uh, they must have paid him a lot of money i'm guessing possibly well i don't see stephen hawking as being a sellout i mean like it, it's, it's hard to imagine how you'd actually discover these relationships anyway i mean can oh, it's he, a can simple he statistical at, analysis well, of previous games right yes and no but where's the controls so how how would you determine that that the increase in temperature actually caused a drop well, that's, in that's it. it's not that's what so, i was about to say is it's it's not that if the temperature increases they're more likely to win it's just in the past when the temperature has been higher they've had more wins which no, isn't necessarily the same wins. fewer wins yeah sorry mm. which isn't quite the same thing no um, but it could be um but it could be anything Yes, absolutely. It could be just yeah, yeah. correlation. It is yeah, so it's literally just correlation. So how can you come up with a, with a formula? No. I think, somebody's asked well, maybe, to Maybe I think a formula possible, that predicts past performance, but not future performance. I think it's possible that Stephen Hawking is is um, doing this a bit tongue-in-cheek. Right. Yeah, great. I love this bizarre. quote from the article here. Hawking was approached on the understanding that a theoretical physicist might be marginally better qualified to make predictions than Paul the Octopus. octopus well, the eight-armed oracle that <laughs> blah, 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 by selecting its winners. The German cephalopod tried three months after the final whistle, although that's relevant somehow <laughs> used up all its psychic energy hmm. all right there um there you go wow nuts <sighs> next thing right. is, well so are we oh. are we going to follow up and actually figure out whether the formula was correct God, no. <laughs> we're not even going to promise to follow up and then not do it we're just not, just not going to do it uh rebuilding the 1918 spanish flu virus Craig and Susie, you guys are going to do like do half wanna, of a day. do you want to introduce it to craig well yes so um so some scientists have written this paper saying that they are experimenting and trying to, well, actually reproducing the um, the 1918 Spanish flu virus and um, just seeing seeing how dangerous it is. So and, um, the 1918 Spanish flu was a big deal. It killed um, an estimated 50 million people. 50 million people in mm. 1918-ish. Yes. Mm. Right. So a, a significant portion pandemic. of the world's population. Mm. Um, so and uh, so, there are a whole bunch of scientists who think this is a pretty bad idea that um, that they should do that, and um, people are being called mad scientists. I find this fascinating. So the yeah, so they're basically being criticised for having cr created a life-threatening virus that closely resembles the flu. So they've taken some flu viruses that are circulating at the moment. And then they, so they know what the sequence of the flu virus, the 1918 flu virus was. And so they've reproduced. How do they know that? Have they found some examples of it? or There are examples of it, okay. yes. Saved so, deliberately or something? They, well, or? I guess they must have been saved. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they have this, they, ha they know what the sequence is of the 1918 flu. And they have reproduced those, the differences between the 1918 flu and some current uh, bird flus kind of put them in those differences into the bird flu right, right. and then they've done um, a series of experiments um, looking at how dangerous it is and how transmissible it is um, in mice and ferrets right. so ferrets is kind of the so they're not just the, making it for fun they're doing some tests no, 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 they're, do, they're doing actually, stuff okay um and so they've looked at yeah so they're basically looking at how how dangerous it is and whether it transmits between um, ferrets usually right 
Right. So everybody's gone a bit crazy about this um, because, you know, they shouldn't be recreating. They shouldn't be recreating these viruses. Um, it's it is interesting, given how um, how the hysteria around um, some of the really nasty um pandemic flus that have been worked in so for example the they had kind of there was this thing a few years ago where they basically were trying to make flu more transmissible oh, between yeah. ferrets and it got the flu that research like got stopped too. for like a year while they yeah. all decided shit you know so why did they, they want to do that though well they kind of wanted to see what changes needed would need needed to make them more dangerous right. so when we've got what seems to happen with flu is we've got these flu viruses that are really easily transmitted but they're not particularly dangerous and then we've got yep. ones that are really really dangerous but they don't transmit very well and so they took a one that uh, was really really dangerous and then basically tried to force it to transmit so they were trying to make it more transmissible um, and so this was like ah, that's a bit scary um, and I think at the time they were doing it in a level 3 lab and then there was when they published it the two papers got sent to this panel that uh, it ended up having most of the inf information had to be removed so they were basically censored these yeah. papers um, did we talk about we that? yeah yeah we did and then they have, there was this moratorium where basically they couldn't do any work while they were deciding what could be done what levels they had to do it under there was a big call for it to be done at level four labs which is yeah. the kind of lab that you would do kind of ebola work in right. um and so i think this is this is even one of those one of those groups anyway so what they've done so is now taken some bird flus and then basically said well now we're interested in you know what was what, what the 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 1918 flu we now want to recreate some of these differences and see and they were saying because these things could be happening already we want to want to kind of see what would happen so what they're trying to do is kind of says that here is they're trying to understand what makes the virus so dangerous yeah well we kind of know it was dangerous right because yeah. it killed 50 million people but what what is spe so, some specifics about it that might help us prevent future yeah so i guess they were looking with... at different different changes so they know what changes what genes there are and so presumably they're looking at the specific ones yeah but the hysteria has been these people are creating these viruses in the lab and what if one of them escapes <coughs> yes right what as Indeed. missing from all of the reports about this is going and reading the paper so would you like to know what they compared that those viruses against apparently we would because you've asked us the so 1918 flu right so not only so, so they are working on the 1918 flu in the lab right. they have that one in the lab oh you mean the actual the flu. actual right. one apparently i see what you mean according Sorry. to the table yeah. so the one virus, they've created they're actually comparing it to the to original, the original which they have samples of. and then to their one that they have pre-modification yeah. so the hysteria is oh my god you shouldn't be making this virus because what if it escapes from the lab but, they've but hello they're already working on the 1918 and, yeah, and none of the hysteria has been around the fact that they're working on the 1918 flu right so it's it's the um, so they've already got a very dangerous one in the lab <laughs> in the it's, lab it's the yeah, knee, and they're making some new ones knee-jerk hysteria playing god reaction yeah possibly a I, little bit I can't, yeah, I, I'm completely on the fence about this, to be honest. Completely um, on the fence, not just a little bit on the fence. <laughs> I can't decide whether yeah. this is a good thing or a bad thing. I, I, It just seems to me that all of the the media, um, all of the all of the criticisms are, you should they shouldn't be making these viruses because what if they escape from the lab? Yeah. It's like, 
yeah but they're already working with the 1918 virus in the lab do you guys not know that did you not read the paper Mm. so why is it okay for them to work on the 1918 but not to be making changes to these other viruses Mm. i'm just i don't i don't see what the distinction is yeah it seems pretty it seems pretty simple to me if they've got adequate protection and they're taking all the necessary precautions then and it's and there's some sort of potential benefit then why the hell not well so i guess the arguments are that the people who are arguing against it are saying they cannot see what the potential benefits would be Mm. well i can it's said it in the article well you know you might find out some stuff about this flu that can help you prevent a, a future a future flu yeah so i guess but what is it we really need to know I don't know. I'm not a microbiologist. Yeah. So I guess what I what I would be interested in knowing is if they know all of the differences, do you need all of those different gene, you know, those little genetic differences, to make it a 1918 flu, right. or do you only need one or two? So one mutation could yeah. turn it back. So that into is really a... important information because then it allows us to look at the changes that are happening already in the environment and say, is yep. that one is that happening? something that might happen? And okay. and that seems to be a little lacking in all the analysis. They're all just saying. We don't need this. But hello, guys, you missed the fact that they're working on the 1918 flu already. Mm. Huh. So, Awesome. Yeah. Okay. There, There is an interesting quote from Lord May, who's a former president of the Royal Society. He said, the work they're doing is absolutely crazy. The whole thing is exceedingly dangerous. Yes, there is danger, but it's not arising from the viruses out there in the animals. It's arising from the labs of grossly ambitious people, which what? is interesting. That's yeah. an interesting. Uh, that is an interesting point to take. I can see how you would want to look at all of these, all of these different genetic changes, and find out whether that whether you need all the combination of them or whether some of them alone are hmm. are more dangerous. I can see how that would be important information. Um, but I get his point too. All right. Hmm. Well, so maybe everyone has some good points. Hmm. Like no, hell, I think people are on, overreacting a little bit. They're working on the virus already, and it's like nobody really realised that. <coughs> so, I don't know that. Speaking of, sounds pretty dangerous anyway. Speaking of deadly viruses, mm. measles outbreak in Hamilton. Yeah, so do you remember? Um, did we talk about this last time? There was um, an, somebody who went to Armageddon in Hamilton. Yes, had yeah, measles. Yes, yes, yes. it was last last episode. Yeah, so um, it's spreading. And one of the high schools, um, according to their Facebook page, they are basically understaffed because they've had a number of staff with the flu. Uh, sorry, with the flu. Measles. With measles. measles right. um, and so all staff are being, uh, have basically had to show whether they were vaccinated or not. Yep. Um, people have had to be vaccinated. And um, what they're saying to students is if you're not vaccinated, if you can't show that you're vaccinated, you need to stay at home um, until the period they... Um, so they've obviously had some some teachers and possibly some students who have measles. And now basically, if, you haven't, if they haven't been vaccinated, yep. children and teachers are essentially in quarantine. Yep. Um, and they just can't... At the moment, they can't cope with the number, with the fact that they are so low on staff. So last week, they had... Um, one day where the, only the seniors could go and then the next right. day where only the juniors could go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems a crazy thing that they're... Um, so next week on Monday, the 16th of June, only the juniors are required right to be at school. school. Mm. Mm. They're expecting everyone... most of the staff to be back by Tuesday. Nice. Yeah. And they've stopped all um, uh, extracurricular stuff, all sports and things, um, and unless 
people can prove one can prove they've got they've been vaccinated yeah yeah till till the end of the term anyway right yeah that's um so it's 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 uh there you go measles shutting school well not quite shutting schools but stopping people from being in schools and Mm. Well, to be fair though the students that aren't vaccinated are probably thanking their lucky stars because they get to stay home well not go to school no so all these kids sitting around in classrooms going damn my parents are vaccinating me against measles <laughs> it's, it's interesting to read their page i was just looking at some of the comments that they've got on there oh, and, some of the um, comments yeah though. yeah yeah Somebody said, um, "This sounds like the Black Plague, but it's only measles." Oh God! Whereas the advice on how to treat and make the benign disease it really is when there is a healthy immune system in the population with natural immunity. Did that person get told to shut the fuck up? Uh, essentially, yep. Good. Oh, <laughs> further on down, yep. <laughs> wow. Okay, moving mm. on to changes. Changes to the Fair Trading Act in New Zealand. Mm. Susie, this sounds interesting. I did not know about this. Yeah, so on the 17th of June, that is next week. Oh, maybe week, I did, Tuesday. Um, oh. There is going no, to be a change to the Fair Trading Act, um, which is uh, basically designed to... Um, it's all around the claims that um, people can make about goods and services. Oh, and so... Essentially, it means that it will now be illegal to make a representation about a good or service without any reasonable basis. It means that businesses that make claims or imply something about their goods or services must have reasonable grounds for making those claims. Wow. Yeah. Does that, however, preclude people (laughs) from using weasel words? Because Uh, isn't that kind of what they're already doing? So I mean, it says it, here, any claim a business makes about a good or service must be substantiated, whether the claim is expressed or implied. Ooh, good. Ooh, uh, anyway, they nice. go into a huge amount of detail on their thing. It says, Claims so what are reasonable food. grounds? Um, so a reasonable grounds from a claim can come from information provided by reputable suppliers or manufacturers, um, information the business making the claim holds, or other reasonable source, for example, scientific or medical journals. Nice. Mm, this um, will be, yeah, this is going to be very interesting to see. If they don't, they will be breaching the fair trading right. act. So, if I was to go out and buy some uh, alternative medicine product, maybe like a um, purported sleeping aid, do, so do you actually have to have purchased the product in order to be harmed and actually make a claim under the fair trading act? So this is diff- presumably different than say the Advertising Standards Authority where you can just complain about an ad Um, I don't know actually what if Uh, a claim is unsubstantiated but true because that's that's Uh, the way say the Fair Trading Act works in that you can't complain about something unless you have actually purchased that product Yeah. Right. so there's another thing in here about claims that a reasonable person would not expect to be substantiated which they call puffery Right. So like these are things that, that are so my, obviously exaggerated. These cookies exaggerated. are literally the best cookies in the whole universe. Yeah. That's yeah. not so doesn't that have to be no. doesn't have to be true. No. Um, so it says, what if a claim is unsubstantiated but true? Yeah. It may still breach the Fair Trading Act if a business did not have reasonable grounds for making it. The substantiation unsubstantiated but true. True. Yeah. So. This well, is. Well, um, well, how can you know that it's true if it's well, unsubstantiated? <laughs> Have they got an example of that? Um, 
So you're saying it's true, but the person who was making the claim didn't check that it was true before they made the claim because that's just ludicrous because then why would anyone be complaining? No, it says even if a claim is true, it may still, still breach the, the training act if a business if did not have the reasonable grounds for making it. Yeah. So they could be saying, well, it's true. So, yeah, but if you don't have any evidence, then it oh, still I see. breaches so, the... So to take my sleeping example, yeah. it may well work, but if but you, if you can't any, prove that... It, yeah. If you don't have a basis for actually knowing that right. it works, yeah, then it, would, then it would be in breach of the mm. act. Right. Mm. Weird. Oh, well, that's probably a good well, thing. Well, no, yeah, I think that's of... a good thing because mm. that, that prevents people from just saying that... Well, they, they actually have to substantiate and show that yeah. they have tested that this thing works rather yeah. than just going by, well, we think it works. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a little bit unclear oh, um, to me how mm. this is how the um, scam industry is going to um, the so-called alternative medicine yeah. industry is going to um, deal with this. Cope. Well, it does say though that penalties for breaching the Fair Trading Act only the courts can make a ruling on breaches of the Fair Trading Act. Courts may find companies found guilty of breaching the provisions of the Fair Trading Act. Up to six hundred thousand dollars, and individuals up to two hundred thousand dollars. Well, yeah. that's good. Mm. That is good. Um, but presumably, they'll Zealand, have to that's be not test too cases. Bad. And... Um, but even a large company in New Zealand might be able to just wear that. Uh, there wouldn't be too many companies that would no. be very keen on having a six hundred thousand dollar fine. No. Now, market's not that big, so no. I think this is a very good thing. Certainly, things like um, a chiropractic business or a homeopathic shop or things like that. That would be that would be pretty crippling. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's kind of unclear. It'll be interesting to see how it is applied to yeah. alternative medicine and mm. so on. Yeah, because they say um, so. One of their so none of their examples are like that. Um, no, they sort of specifically. Okay, so it does say the commission would expect a claim that asserts a particular product can cure disease to be supported by a high level of substantiation in the form of credible and reliable scientific and medical evidence. Alternatively, a general claim about the performance or effectiveness of a product familiar to consumers, such as calcium is good for healthy bones and teeth, would require a lower level of substantiation. Right. But it still requires something. Still have to be able to prove so, it. So, yes. But presumably they can go back to studies that have shown that calcium well, is good for your bones and teeth. Oh, calcium is well, good it for is. your bones yeah. and teeth, technically. Um, um, yeah, I, I that's kind interesting. of needs testing. Yeah, it does. Yes, yes. And I'm I bet wondering the, I whether... Bet the, um, so so what, what I'm interested in is how has this changed from the current act? Yes, that is a good question. <laughs> I mean, what was it like before? Well, one of the, the one specific thing, which is what I was wondering about, is if you imply something... It also counts. Whereas at the moment, I can say um, this pill may cure yes. your cancer, yeah. mm. and then I can get away with saying that because I'm only saying that it may cure your cancer. Yeah. Although but you possibly, probably actually wouldn't get away with that under the ASA rules because that would be, they would say that was misleading, but it probably would fly underneath the current Fair Trading Act. Right. Or the new one, not but not so much the new one, maybe. No, I don't like you say it needs to be tested. Um, mm. I bet there will be some people who I'll, will be testing that yes. soon. <laughs> yes, I was just going to say, actually, have at it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, um and well, other... so kind of moving on, so a similar thing is that, um, in the South Africa, they've been trying to regulate the complementary medicine industry, um, right. and so they've they've basically, uh, since earlier this year, made it that, um, complementary medicine has to put disclaimers on its products yeah basically to say whether or not they do something um, okay and so it says here that they've got they're supposed to put um 
labels informing customers that the claim benefits have not been evaluated by the Medicines Control Council and are not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease. Um, and it, a lot of uh, companies have sort of been flouting it, but just this week there's been news that one quite large company has basically decided they are not going to sell um, complementary medicines anymore. Yeah. So they are. They reckon it would because basically putting that on their labels, they reckon is going to going to bite into so their business. Of putting the labels, they're just going to stop it altogether. Yeah. Because that's even better. Yeah. Yay! It's mm. great. So it says that the. One of their brands, Solal, which um, counts for about uh, what did they say, eight to nine percent of the group's turnover, they've um, they're stopping selling it. So that's so these things work, right? I mean, you know, yeah. it, it could be that we could end up getting getting products off the shelves. Mm. It would be really really awesome if we could get similar sort of laws in New Zealand for yeah. this as well. The good thing though is. The Commerce Commission has a complaint form, an online complaint form. Oh, is this for the first out one? For New Zealand? To fill out in order to submit a complaint. Oh, so nice. Great. So oh, found. So we'll definitely put a link to that. So first name, Nathan. Last name. <laughs> Shut up. Don't make any claims. <laughs> right. Mm. So, good? yeah, that's good news. Mm, excellent good news. news. Let's see. Hurrah. Let's hope that it actually gets... Um, well, I bet those get activists down in Wellington and... And Mark Hanna in Auckland will be yeah. they'll be onto this like a shot. Hmm. So uh, it's not really news necessarily, but I just want to do a quick article, um, blog post slash article that I found about Ken Ham. <laughs> Get on with it. Um, okay, so everyone knows that Ken Ham is trying to is claiming to be trying to build the Ark Encounter theme park. Um, complete with a 510-foot replica of the famous biblical boat. Um, and it's been getting quite a lot of taxpayer money. Um, specifically, uh, Kentucky officials committed more than $40 million in tax incentives to the Ark Park. Yeah, so so he would say that he's not got any taxpayer money. No, it's just no. incentives. Incentives, um, and they're building a building a road, two million dollars on a road for the purpose of, of feeding the ark. Um, and in the city of Williamstown, um, which gave them a seventy five percent property tax break for the park, last year was selling municipal bonds of sixty two million dollars on behalf of AIG Affiliates. I'm not quite sure I understand how that works. We did talk about it, I think, when it when it first happened. Um, all told, various government, government entities in Kentucky have planned to give the park, which was supposed to cost $175 million, an astounding $100 million or more in various types of public support. <clears throat> um, however... Um, Ken Ham keeps changing the dates. He said in January 2011 that work would begin on the park that spring. And then in May of that year, they said that the groundbreaking would be over the summer. In June, it said it would begin in August, and so on and so forth. Um, and what's happening now is that the tax incentive package in May 2011 has an expiration date. The agreement states that if a blah, 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 can receive a 25% tax rebate on the cost of construction once the park option provided construction began by May 2014. Uh, it is now June 2014, unless I'm very much mistaken, uh, which means that technically, because they haven't started building it yet, um, he loses all that money. 
uh, or the the refunds or whatever it would be. Mm, wow. Um, so yeah, that's just a an update on a story that we are following. Um, I'm sure that they will find some way. Around. AIG claims it's raised fifteen million dollars on its own. So that's basically the money they were able to get from their from their followers and their Kickstarter or something. Yeah. No, I don't think they did. They should have. Up. They should do a Kickstarter. Um, I'd totally put a dollar on that just because I know I wouldn't go through and I want to see the updates Um, and you can buy boards and you can buy pegs and you have your name on a peg in the ark and stuff like that but they are not making a lot of not raising a lot of money and uh, I've also heard reports citation needed that their attendance hasn't been very good in recent years either so they're not actually getting the thorough throughput that they were I mean, once you've got a real, well. relatively limited um, consumer base of mm-hmm. creationists, even in America, and once they've all been to the to the museum, you know, mm-hmm. do you go again? Well, um, I'm sure not. some people do. Oh, I'm sure there's people. Perhaps some people go there as their as their yearly holiday. Um, <laughs> but poor kids. Um, yeah. Anyway, so there we go. That was something interesting. For entertainment if they closed it down. Mm-hmm. No, fair call. I'm sure something else would come up. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. That's it. That's our news, and mm-hmm. our new section, which we are still trialling, is what the fuck. Yeah. Susie, you didn't find a what the fuck <laughs> this time. So this was a sort of um, we decided was sort of a shit that religious people say or, or do, um, and that left you thinking what the fuck. And I didn't really have one of those moments this this week, but I did find something, um, and again, not about religion, but about alternative medicine that made me giggle. So I was, uh, when I was looking at that story about South Africa, I found mention of an alternative medical system that I'd never heard of called Unani. Have you guys heard of that? Um, Sounds a bit like now. umami, which is the, the meaty taste that they discovered re- in the last oh, okay. few years. Or unani, unagi, which right. is eel. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, so Unani or Unani um, is a is a form of traditional medicine that was practiced in the Middle East and South South Asian countries. Um, and sounds to me awfully like um, Ayurvedic. Right. And it's got the four humors and all that kind of stuff. Based um, on the teachings of Greek physician Hippocrates and Roman physician Galen. Yeah, yes. but then um, and then went through various various um, Surely we've learned some stuff bits. since then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, and what made me giggle was that you can you can do a degree uh, in in these um, things. Let me find where it is because it's very very funny. Um, Forty the degree is medical colleges where the system is taught. Yeah, five and, and a half year course. Yeah, five, five and, and a half, half years. Year course. Wow. Oh my god. How long was but it to get you a, get a bums, bums. A, what? a bachelor <laughs> of Unani medicine, medicine and surgery. <laughs> And it made me giggle. Wait, wait, wait. They do um, surgery as well. I know. They, then the surgery made me worry. But uh, And they do have pictures of people doing surgery. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So how long is it scary. to get a PhD? It's like seven years or something? And you have to do a... So it's a four-year, six-month main course and then a one-year unpaid internship. Ah. And then you come out with the bums. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was funny. That made me giggle. That's great. <laughs> uh, See also... See also down the bottom, Ayurveda, yoga, naturopathy, yeah, Siddha yeah, medicine, yeah. homeopathy. Yeah. Yeah. That tells you all you need to know. Kind of does. Mm. Um, yeah, the talk page is, is always interesting. If you go to the talk page on these Wikipedia articles and you get all the nuts coming in and defending it and saying, Ooh, oh, right. no, 
no, no, not in this one. <laughs> no, it's not popular enough, obviously. No. Wow, bums course. They're too busy. <laughs> they're too busy doing their course. Yeah. God, that is an awful website. Oh my god. Yes. Ugh. Anyway, that made me giggle. Moving on. That is hilarious. <laughs> so, call science. When good people do bad things. Yeah. So this is sort of, a, I can't decide whether this is a cool science piece or a um, a woo press release. So essentially when when um, when it's been, what's the word for it? Uh, it's kind of been hyped. hyped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So press so they've, release they've released rather from than... um, MIT, right. not the Manukau Institute right. of Technology, but the one in Massachusetts. The, the real MIT. Um, saying being in a group makes some people lose touch with their personal moral beliefs researchers find so if this that was is a science of fiction i'd say that i'd believe that because that seems quite logical to me yeah so they've done a one of these functional mri scans where they've scanned people's um brains they um so what did they do they were kind of asking them uh um asking them questions about their moral beliefs and all this stuff kind of doing it singly and then putting them in groups and making them do activities and then asking them to do stuff afterwards and seeing whether basically when they were part of a group whether they'd sort of lost this kind of um, they they couldn't they no longer recognize questions that, or statements that they'd made about their moral choices and stuff that they were more right. they were more kind of uh, interested in the group activity and then the other thing that they said that they did was that once they'd been in this kind of group situation, that um, then there were more, there, were, there was, it, it wasn't everybody, so there were kind of like a subset of people who had this particular, also this particular way their scans turned out, so they thought in a particular way. Um, and they then were, um, they were more likely to be mean to people in the other group. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, they, have they, Put it in such a way I can't remember. So the us versus them mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, This sounds very similar to the experiment, the famous experiment where they got a whole bunch of people and they they assigned them to groups based upon heads or tails, right? right? Yeah. And so, and then, um, and then there were there were two groups and they were basically mean to each other on the basis of that that. So they were better than them, right? Even though it was done on the even though it was basically a toss of a coin, yes. Right. So they so they so it says in the press release that um they and I can't read the paper because it's behind a paywall. Um that so they were so they they basically asked them to do activities that essentially involved thinking about themselves. Mm. Um and so some people had a very particularly active part of the brain when they were doing this. Um and then when they put them in a in competition as part of a group, the that part of their brain stopped lighting up so much because they were thinking more like part of the group they were thinking about mm. the group. Um, uh, but then they had, um, but then they had some people who basically were more likely to that what they they phrased it as harm their competitors um, when asked to. So they were they were given a task which these which the press release describe as uh, as something that would cause harm, mm-hmm. um, and they showed that these people who were um, who basically kind of came embroiled in this group think then some of these people would go on to harm others in mm. a different group. But the, what I did manage to glean was what the harm was, was they were asked to pick out photographs of people 
to represent who had been in the groups and they picked flattering photographs of people in their own groups and unflattering (laughs) photographs of people in the other group right so it's kind of not like really harmful harmful. but anyway but it became it's also somewhat subjective isn't it yeah well yes and this became that they lose touch of their moral beliefs and they've become more harmful is that, is that the sole thing that they're basing it all on <laughs> or is it more I, than that that's all well. I can find from the I, I can't read the paper oh, there's nothing okay. else sort of put in the, the in people the turned out to be much more likely to harm members of the group yeah. during a task performed after the game each yeah. da, 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 photos mm. that's an interesting definition yeah. of harm isn't and it? Wow. it was basically about oh, oh. Um, I thought it was going to be really interesting it no sorry it, well that's why I was kind of like well uh, it's not it's not unsurprising no, that when you're working as not. part of a group that you'd become more like that group no. right, in order to make it succeed. Yeah. But um, whether you become it's not un- more it's likely not... to harm another, there's like, eh, mm. did you really? Although, I mean, frankly, what kind of experiments could you do? <laughs> I guess mm. there are simulations and things you don't Simulated. Um, you could simply somebody. ask the same questions again. Mm. You know, that guy over there just said that your mother is fat. <laughs> you know, would you like to punch him in the face? So their basis for this, they say, is that a group of people will often engage in actions that are contrary to their private moral standings. Um, so kind of becoming the sort of mob, yeah, mob, mob mentality. Mob mentality. Yeah. And so what were the things like that? And they found a particular group of people who had this particular brain activity that were more likely to fall into this thing yeah. and then they were more likely to do something mean afterwards but the mean was just picking a nasty picture of somebody rather than a nice one which just doesn't sound like mm. that bad well there's anyway. an example here it's um, one of the questions they asked was I always apologise after bumping into someone I feel like I've read some research where they had something similar to that where the participants were told that the study was down this corridor and to the left. Right. And on the way down the corridor, they bump into someone who spills their stuff all over the floor. Right. And they, maybe they're a little bit late or something. And do they stop to help the person pick right. the stuff up? That's the sort of thing you could test mm. in this sort of situation. Mm. You know, or would they would they take some food from a table if mm. the food was clearly for a different group or something yeah. like that? You know, mm. maybe you've got healthy veggie snacks for your group <laughs> and the, the opposing team has you know sugary chocolate biscuits and sorry stuff. sorry did you say healthy veggie snacks <laughs> yes that's not like you no it's not the point being that do you stick with your healthy vegetable snacks or do you steal the chocolate biscuits from the opposing team anyway anyway let's do some cool sides okay this is an awesome thing that's human geckos are human they geckos climbing walls yes oh my god so darpa who are the us oh, yeah, we love DARPA. Um, yeah so uh, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. Thank you. Thank you. Um, their Z-Man program <laughs> has demonstrated <laughs> the first known human climbing of a glass wall using climbing devices inspired by geckos. Hmm. Um, somebody managed to uh, descend, so that's going down, 25-foot of glass while carrying a 50-pound load I feel like I've heard this um, somewhere before. Well, on another podcast. Still seems pretty dangerous. With no climbing mm. equipment other than a pair of handheld gecko inspired paddles. Mm. Paddles. A novel so polymer talk- microstructure technology was used in these paddles. So we're not talking cool about just um, suction cups then. This is something of a different, is it? Let's have a look. Because um, I'd like to know how they work. Yeah, yeah, well, I certainly I want have. to know I've they did work. This, I've heard <laughs> so this, it says, this story before, ages ago. 
wow this has only just been released by them so it says that they um so geckos have uh, microscopic hierarchical structures yeah. um like little trees right like little, little tiny yeah, hairs that, that branch, yeah, out, that branch yeah. out yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and so and this is to do with the van der Waals forces yeah. between the, the their surface and the surface they're walking on um and so what it says here is that they have um created these paddles that um, have this just says novel micro and nano fabrication things to produce these microstructures that are in yeah. the same kind of ras- aspect yeah. ratio as the geckos have. Mm-hmm. Um, so presumably you've got lots and lots and lots of protrusions. <coughs> That's nuts. Oh, it says Either the I'm... first di- demonstration occurred in February 2012 and tests of the technology are ongoing. Ah. So it might be this is the first t- this is a heavier person with a big backpack and further. Right. Yeah. So that's possible then that I've heard it on the SGU because that's roughly where I'm up to. 2011, 2012. <laughs> okay. You're well behind. Yeah, well, I stopped for a while and, and then I'm only just catching up. Mm. Right. Anyway, how cool is that? That is very cool, though. Yes, no, quite right. Very good. Well done. <laughs> um, Yeah, cool. Woo Zealand. Amazing water on tap. Living water. Um, I'm not quite sure I understand what they're doing. I Where have did this read come it twice. From? Um, it came through the skeptics mailing list, I think. Yeah. Let's was... talk about structured water. Can you feel it? The strange sense that there could be more to water than you've learned at school. Sure, you've heard our bodies are made of two-thirds H2O, blah, 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 blah. Now, I'm no academic. Um, this is the, the article. So these, this, this non-academic has been drinking has been drinking structured water, inverted commas, lately. I love the results I'm getting so far. Make much greater positive energy and well-being. So I decided to research and then promote the use of structured water everywhere. But what does structured water mean? Uh, you guys can tell me if this makes any sense. No. <laughs> <laughs> any, me- any mechanical, electrical, optical, or other process or combinations thereof which alters the physical or chemical characteristics of water thereby creating a new form or species of water which when utilized by plants animals or humans demonstrates measurable and repeatable effects to chemical <gasps> enzymatic and general cellular functions i should mention the source for that is aquatechnology.net so it may not be designed to be particularly helpful right um there's a video. Now, I have to admit, I haven't watched the video. Yes. This is probably ooh, something ooh, well, we could have... Aquatechnology.net, a worldwide ministry through pure water. And ministry. they've got a big cross. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. Okay. Oh, it's religious that way. Fine. Now, well, it works you as... should look at the product page of the stuff okay. they're selling. Yes. And it's just amazing, the prices of these things. So it's a, this is an Australian um, company because apparently they haven't set up their New Zealand page yet. And, and if they did set up their New Zealand page, I'd be complaining about it. Water but or this is on, on. Well, yeah. So if you if you actually oh, go to awakening their, the waters product page, yeah, Sorry, the, the product that. products and contact page. If you yep. awakening the waters. Holy right? fucking crap! What the fuck? So um, you can buy yes a garden unit. This is for watering your garden via your garden hose. Eight hundred and fifty Australian dollars. You can buy a house oh, okay. unit. Okay, so that's that's to change the water as it goes through it. Is yeah, it? yeah, yeah. You can oh, buy a house okay. unit. So it's not like a thing of water. A thing ha- of water. Yeah, uh, hang Hi. on. You buy a house unit, anodized aluminium <gasps> whole of the house water restructure unit for sixteen hundred Australian dollars. Wow. And if you're really stupid, you can go to the commercial page, <laughs> and you can buy 
commercially rated things called um, a thing called a Rainmaker for thirty four thousand yeah. um, dollars. You know those moments we talk about where you see something and you think. I could totally do this and make a <laughs> shit ton of money. Yeah, yeah. No maintenance or cartridges to replace. Exactly. Just exactly. put it in yeah. and it works. Yep. The portable handheld yeah. one is four hundred and eighty dollars. Yeah. And the house unit. This you is wonder the same how many one. of these thirty-four thousand dollar ones they've actually sold. Okay, now here you go. Look, this is good. There's a, a one-inch house unit and a three-quarter-inch house unit. They're both the same price, hmm. and the description of them is both is identical. <laughs> Oh. oh no, it's not quite identical. Anodized aluminium whole of house unit to connect to main water. Anodized aluminium whole of house water restructure unit. Be interesting to what's um, the difference? Ask them a question. What the difference between them is? Oh god, we should do that and then <laughs> oh, follow up. Oh, they've got up. power wraps too. Yeah, they Promote do. Well being and relieve minor yeah. pain. Yes, yes. Oh, power unit. The clean For temporary shower. Temporary applications where waterline access isn't possible. How's that different to the portable unit? 380, 480. Anyway, shower unit, yes. just for the shower. I won't be buying any of these. Uh, I might be selling them though. Well, maybe <laughs> the watch out for the um, the cusp water <laughs> restructuring <laughs> units coming your way soon. Ah uh, well. Oh, what a load of nonsense. Hmm. Wow. So, so this, but this came to us. So apparently, there's a um, a guy in Tutukaka who's right. um, promoting and selling these things. Where's Tutukaka? <laughs> Here we go, this is for us. <laughs> of course, there will always be people very sceptical about discussing things like the hidden magic of water, calling it quackery and so on. For them, water seems to be nothing more than H2O. Fucking what water is. It's Gerald Pollock calls this attitude flat earth science, making it hard to really inquire into new discoveries and foster true, much needed innovation in science and technology. Oh my god. Okay, I'm just going to look at this information page because I want to know what it is that they are doing. The units last practically forever, apparently. Because they don't do anything that's detectable. (sighs) Yeah. Yes, except drain your bank account. Oh, that's where it's the sceptical thing. Oh, I'm on we the always find the kind page. of information we look at. That's where I am. Too. I'm trying to find where they say what it is and what it does. What oh, their devices they don't. do. They don't. The next page to go to is awakeningthewaters.com, apparently, yeah. to find more information, which I'm sure will take you to another. Wow. I don't think mm. I want to spend any more money anyway. on this. I'm just going to get too tempted. <laughs> How is right. it better for your health? What is structured water? It's vastly. Okay, I'm just going to look at this really quickly and then I'm going to stop. I promise. In your own time, ah, Nathan. Structured water is water as it is found in nature, pure with a balanced pH, free of contaminants, and with a life force from the water molecule itself. As it's found so, in nature, free, free of, of contaminants. contaminants. Yes. Right. It okay. locks away pollutants, protecting your health in numerous ways. Oh, my God, the guy on this video. So so if, if like this a, thing is claiming to change the pH, yeah. then surely That's it testable. won't last forever. Ah, it wouldn't yeah. last forever. It would need. It would, have to it would be either uh, adding some acid or alkaline in order to. Um, oh, anyone tell so me what the pH is, is so of water? Is it completely neutral? Well, or should it be as as pure water? Oh, don't look at me, guys. It's too late in the day. All right. Um, the the um, this guy Gerald Pollock has written a book called "The Fourth Phase of Water." And he says that when Plasma. water touches <laughs> most surfaces, it transforms itself into a so-called exclusion zone, whose formula is H3O2. Three hydrogens and two oxygens. 
maybe this That's is how homeopathy works. Huh. Don't, don't, don't. Oh, don't say just, that. Yeah, now, someone, will, someone will, will catch wind of that and then suddenly... Moving on. Yeah, anyway, definitely moving on. There are on, people right. in New Zealand and Australia who are selling devices that look like they don't do anything. Um, Our and... devices, the cusp water restriction devices, actually do work, though. Do they? Yes, they're much better. Okay. Yeah. They've got a much stronger placebo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Believe us, because yeah. I'm a scientist. That's right. right. We have an actual microbiologist <laughs> endorsing them. <laughs> And you're famous too, so you can do papers and stuff. <laughs> right. Anyway, moving on. on. I have, I just want to put this as an aside. I have met people in my day to day life. Uh-huh. And I mention the podcast and I talk about the people I do it with. Uh-huh. And they go, Susie, I love her. I see her on TV all the time. <laughs> True story. At least one person has said that. <laughs> At least one person. <laughs> <laughs> At least one person, right. Okay. You, you, may, you, have incre- fans. you may want to increase your sample size. <laughs> totally happened um real estate suicide yes. in a house this doesn't seem particularly worthy of skepticism well what is this about well so Craig? um so the, the there was an article recently oh, about nice. so this is in, in new zealand so there was a house in flatbush which is um to the south of auckland somewhere isn't it no idea um it's down south. Anyway, so um, a couple purchased a house, mm-hmm. and it's apparently, huge, no, that's not their house. No, no, no. Oh, I just apparently, saw the side, huge. there had been a suicide in that house, I and they the have... and they reckon that they wouldn't have purchased the house if they'd known that there was a suicide there in his garage. Right in his garage. Yes. Somebody okay. the the tenant had taken his life in its garage a year previously. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so um, they complained to the real estate complaints committee, and uh, who told and, them and to fuck off? Well, essentially, yes. Ah, nice. But the, the, there was an article in the Herald today about. Um, <gasps> so the editorial basically took the approach that yes, they they really shouldn't be. It's not material, really. No. If somebody um, sort of took the fact that you the fact that you believe in ghosts doesn't yeah. Isn't something that the complaints assessment committee and the real estate agents disciplinary <coughs> disciplinary tribunal ruled the buyers had a right to know. How oh, did they? Mm. Oh, okay. That's what it says here. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So, so they were guided by the principle that the potential purchasers ought to be ought to be informed of anything that could affect the value of the property. Oh, so it's just the so, guy writing the article who's telling them to fuck off. Well, yeah. Or the yeah. editorial. Sorry. So. I mean, oh, for goodness sake. if that unwelcome truth causes an irrational market resistance, must agents pander to it? They should be held to account for real estate, not phantoms. Mm. Yeah. This guy's going to get nominated for that thing that we do. What is it? <laughs> the um, not the Ben Spoon, the, the other one. Not the other one. Yes. Bravo. Yes. Bravo award. Um. Wow. Yes. So anyway, on the so plus he's... side, though, if you're looking for some cheap real estate in Flatbush, the people are selling it by the looks of it. Hmm. Who promptly put it back on sale before the settlement. So there you go. You might get a cheap house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go in and put that's a low a good, bid. Say, that's a good article. Ghosts. I don't know. Mm. Ghost stories have no place in real estate. Yep. Absolutely. Too right. Oh, good article. Um, bad story, I guess. Hmm. Now, it's time for everyone's favourite favourite. 
Uh, it's always whatever Susie does is always the favourite thing. <laughs> Pretty sure. Do, Delia's dubious devices. Ah, oh, so this one. I don't I, even know what this is from the title. I saw Awesome's, Awesome's you, you pamper. pamper. Oh, awesome it's a, a, a handheld massager. It's you well, pamper. Uh, is that a micro pamper? Uh, well, is that, oh, a, is that, that a U? Is, yeah. is that a well, U or okay. is it a U? It, it was a U because um, you, we mustn't confuse this with their U sofa. Euphoria, what? you hug, you cozy, oh, you relax. Right. You yes, see okay. what they're doing here? You pamper. Okay. <laughs> they're like oh, Apple with putting eye on the front of everything. <laughs> well done, Craig. I was just going to say the devices are all very white <laughs> for some reason. I can't um, imagine why. They, but Craig ruined it. They, ruined um, Craig. So this is a company who make massage devices. So you know like those chairs? No, not, not massage devices, inverted commas. What, ones that have some lady... Are they, are they massage Doing, devices no, or are they just massage they, devices? You know those chairs that you see at the airport yeah, where yeah, you sit yeah. in and they kind of yeah. suck at yeah, you and yeah. stuff? There's one of those at That's the mall. sounding really weird. <laughs> <laughs> By the, the vibrating, vibrating massage things, chairs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They do those and then you. they do like heat pads and oh, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, and oh, a massage chair sounds like a good idea. Yeah, but this this one we saw today... Um, it's just so it's this it's it, they, it's handheld but it's really big it looks it just looks like some really heavy so where did you um, see this this was at uh, Sylvia uh, not Sylvia Park at um, St Luke's and so it just looked like this huge kind of hair dryer type thing oh okay. you've really actually seen big. the real thing this yeah, is yeah, not this really picture really big that's what it looks like it but it's look really big, big. In the picture. it's really big okay um, and it's um, it it's it essentially blows warm air, blows warm air. air at you. So it's and a massage. Negative ions. Yeah, and so negative ions. Good. I didn't realize until I looked at it. And it has a blue ring that lights up when the negative ions are being generated. Nice. Um, it sells for nearly two hundred and seventy dollars. Hmm. Um, and the I so when it's um, got four stars though. Yeah, when I had a look at it, they they also had a, a booklet that had all your points that you should be, you know, your acupressure points acupressure where you could be points. using it and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what that would help with and you could use it for reflexology and all this kind of stuff anyway they, they call it a sleek power packed handheld massager that taps deep into muscle tissue with aches and fatigue are it uses a war unique warm air therapy to relax tensed muscles and improve blood circulation also charges the air around you with negative ions for holistic recovery promoting a sense of overall well-being is this oh okay it's not a new zealand website it's got a slash NZ in it. Yeah, they Because a lot of these reviews are very, very strangely written. Yeah, well, yes, they are. <laughs> so um, it's not, not necessarily... Anyway, so I had a I had a quick look at um, at PubMed to look for some trials about air ionization and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. um, and there was a recent meta-analysis of 33 trials that looked at air ionization <clears throat> and the impact on depression and sleep and anxiety. And relaxation, and basically found there was no consistent effect, um, and that there were hints that high doses of negative ions did help people with depression, but it was usually in conjunction with light therapy. So this is basically people who are suffering from seasonal um, affective disorder. Yeah, right. and so you put them in special, you know, you put lights that mimic um, the sun, the sun hmm. Hmm. so it might not have nothing to do with the negative ions. No, um, so and certainly it. it's unlikely that a device like the U Pamper is going to de deliver a high enough dose that would have any effect. But anyway, yeah. um, it comes in this. They call it latte, the color, sort <laughs> of <a> cream color. <laughs> Looks a bit like a hairdryer. Um, and when we had, a, I had a look at the um, the feedback. Pretty much everybody mentions it being rather heavy and a bit too heavy, and you kind of need someone else to help you. 
But I love this one from Amy, who says, I have several OSIM products, all for relieving aches, e.g. eye squeeze, eye poke, eye melody, you pamper, eye care, etc. I still feel the best is eye pamper. So I can't decide if this one's ta- person's taking the piss. Um, it is cheap, affordable, and I can hold it and point it to the exact point where I need to massage, especially my soles, my shoulder, and my butt. I usually right. use it before bedtime, so I can sleep very soundly after that. It's better than sleeping pills. <laughs> <laughs> I love the order form. You get to select the colour, and the only one available is latte. latte. You get to select the warranty, it's only one year. And you get to select the voltage, only 240 to, 220 to 240 volts. Oh, okay. Why did I have to select? Oh, anyway, there you go. So if you fancy some negative ions and a very, very heavy um, hairdryer, because that's basically all it is, right? then pop along to St. Luke's, okay. spend $270. Like well, you say that, it's a hairdryer that also has a percussive massaging thingy built into it. Okay. Well, no, that, well, no it seems like it just like, blows air at you. Taking the handheld combination of percussion, warm air, and okay. negative ions. So it does the okay. percussion thing as okay. well. It's not just a hair Okay, dryer. sorry, it's not just a hair dryer. Accuracy and sorry. everything. Yeah, multifunction sorry. unit. Okay, well done. Let's <laughs> yes. not say it's not bullshit, though. No. So, <laughs> no, there you go. Right. $270, yeah. though. Oh, God. Of course, <sighs> it's expensive. Hello. It's woo. It's well, always expensive. Yes, yeah. Well, as we've seen, the more woo, the more it costs. Yeah. True. God, you've type pasted everything in here. Okay. Um, screw. Oh, that's you. That's the quote. Okay. So that's it. That's the quote then. Craig. Oh, right. I'm going to deliver the quote. Yes, please. Craig, quote, quote, quote. Okay, well, here's a quote then. You made a cry as some of these scruples and protests that there are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in my philosophy. I am concerned, rather, that there should not be more things dreamt of in my (laughs) philosophy than there are in heaven or earth. Oh, that's very good. I want you (laughs) to read that again just for the people that aren't reading along with. Nelson, Nelson Goodman, who was a US philosopher and art dealer. Nice. He's you really cons- want me to read it again? Just the last no. one. Concerned oh. rather that there should... I'm concerned rather that there should not be more things dreamt of in my philosophy than there are in, in heaven, heaven or earth. I like that's very good. <laughs> yes. Very good. That is, of course, riffing on Shakespeare's yes. Uh, yes. quote. More things in heaven and earth. Yes. Um, okay. So, guess the word of the day. Uh, Everyone loves this so much, I know. Yes. Um, well, so last so, week so I gave what, you what's the, what's the score so far? Oh, oh, shut up. Do you want to know what the score is? The score is no. one point for Susie. And, no, one point for me, one point for Susie, and two points for Craig. And no one else has contributed yet, so they haven't got any points. So last week I gave you one that I thought was quite easy. So this one's a little bit harder. <laughs> oh, okay, just a little bit though. Nothing to do with knickknacks. No, well, <laughs> I'm not going to say yes or no to that because that might prejudice the results of the study um labiorphily labiorphily all i can think of is labias yeah <laughs> is that what it's, i'm no, supposed no, to no, think that's what you're supposed to think <laughs> labiorphily i'll tell you what i'll do i'll write it in the thing so you can all see it that's fair so there it is under word of the day no it's, oh labiorphily. oh labiorphily oh there's no l there no oh i thought you said labiorphily no, laby or philly. You just what? did it again. Was it a- L a- on the front or not? How do you spell it? L A B. Oh, well, oh, there, there is, is an, an L, L there. Well, we can't see it. It's... Oh, my symbol's in the way. Sorry. Right. Okay. Curse was in the way. Labyorphily. So philly means not like something. Ah. Uh... Isn't it? If you're hide. Oh, no, no, you like it. You like it. Mm. Philly. Okay. So this is a liker of labias. 
But it's not maybe yet. It's still a bit different. Okay. Um, well, yeah, well, so uh, it's. Remember, you do get the... points for having a, a particularly interesting answer as well, so you don't have to necessarily get it right. This... Well, well, I think it's to do with Labradors. It's a Labrador lover. Mm -hmm. Okay, I like that. Now I can't see it because everyone else's cursors are on top of it. So um, Craig is saying something to do with Labradors. To do with liking Labradors, Labradors liking, Labrador. liking Labradors, yes. But uh, I think Susie, uh, Susie is right about the Philly part being a, a liker. So I should get at least yes. half a point for that. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go for a, a lover of laboratories. Laboratories. Mm. Mm. Either laboratories or labias. Okay. Uh, I'll allow that. Laboratory. Um, okay. And the answer is a collection and study of beer bottle labels. Now, see the word was in there? Label? Label? La there's no label. There's Lab. Yeah. Okay. Well, the study of beer bottle labels is the answer. Really? So, wow. points. What? That was that? That wasn't too hard. <laughs> um, labels, okay. All right, I'll concede mm. that. I want to get something for my filly, though. I'm going to get a point from no one guessing it. And. Um, Labiophilist. Okay. Well, it was one who collects beer bottles. Beer bottles, yes. Right. Study of beer bottle labels. Interesting, oh, yeah, beer yeah, okay. yeah. Um, well, my, my, my brothers were big collectors of beer cans. And my uncle bottles. has a huge collection yes. of beer cans. His entire garage basically is just lined right. with not just beer cans, but uh, other cans as well. Well, that is so interesting. Right. Okay. Points for interestingness, Nathan. Thank you. Um <laughs> It's not going to make me give you a point for interestingness. I'm not. No, I'm not going to assign anybody any points. I'll almost get a point for Labi. Oh, half a point for Susie for for getting Philly right mm. after much. Well, I would, be, I would be interested to know whether there's a separate word for beer can collecting. Okay. But, um, yes, if you look that up, I will find, find out. out. I'll follow that up and, uh, and let you all know next time. This or no. Right. Uh, okay, and that's it. Um, you've been listening to the Completely Unnecessary Skeptical Podcast. If you'd like to send us a message or feedback, check out the Facebook page or the contact us form on our website, thecusp.org.nz. Hang on, we've just told that, been told that that doesn't work. Well, we have one... one an, an, an anecdote. That's true. Somebody who doesn't use a Windows Sample computer. Sample of one. Exactly. Right. Okay. okay. So most likely that's going in. Work. You haven't stopped recording yet, right? No. Oh, good. <laughs> now you can stop recording. Right. Contact us. Very good. Well, it's going to work for me because I'm logged in. So. <laughs> <laughs>